Welcome back to the Mercy Came Running Podcast. If you're here for the first time, welcome. If you're a frequent listener, welcome back. As a reminder, we publish podcasts here every Monday morning as an encouragement to start your week, as a pick-me-up in the middle of the week, or to reflect on the week gone by. Let's get into today's scripture. My dad was 80 when he passed in December of 2016. and For probably 99% of those 80 years, he lived in pretty much the same place. The little town where I grew up, the same hill where I grew up. We had a we had an old homestead that was in the family for probably a hundred years, and he grew up in that house. I grew up in that house until I was um, probably ten or eleven. Then we built a house across the street on land that we had, and I lived there until I got married and moved out. And but for all of those years, my dad lived in that one spot. He very seldom ventured out. From where he lived. When we lived in Tennessee, they'd come up and visit for a few days, and then he was right back there. We asked him if they wanted to move to Tennessee with us, and he wouldn't have anything of it. He loved where he was, and he lived where he was. And I, I knew he wasn't going to live forever, so I was kind of thinking about what I wanted to say at the funeral. And when he passed, I I just kept wondering how, what kind of difference can a person make living in what some would think is obscurity. My dad wasn't very well known outside of his little town. He wasn't rich or famous by the world's standards. And from what people can see from the outside, he had very little influence on anybody because he really never left where he grew up. And I got to thinking about that. I'm thinking, what? What kind of difference can he make? Uh, me, I've always wanted to get out and do and travel and move places and see new things. and But that wasn't him. And he... And so I wonder what kind of impact can he have on someone's life? As I was going through studying for what I wanted to say and trying to come up with something what I wanted to say at the funeral, people would come by the house and they'd sit and they'd come visit my mom and my family and they'd talk to us, friends I've known for years. they come and talk about the impact Dad had on their life. At the wake Person after person after person came by. He said, you just don't know. My, your dad was a big influence in my life. People that I, some people that I didn't even know would come by and say, you don't know me, but <laughs> your dad made an impact on my life. My dad was a television repairman for probably 20, 25 years. He worked with the post office. So he was probably in every home in that county and some of the surrounding counties. For 25, 30, 35 years. And as person after person after person began to come by. And they would tell me of. How he had touched their lives. How he had made some small gesture. How he had come and mowed their lawn. Or 
come and fix our television or fix our lawnmower, which he did late in life. He opened up a, a small engine shop and did that after he retired. I began to see that you can make a difference even living in relative obscurity. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what, where you live, what you do, but it doesn't matter, does it? When I think about my dad's life, I think about all of our lives. What difference are we making in the lives of others? What are we doing that makes a difference in other people's lives? We're going to be talking and looking this morning in Exodus, a uh, couple of chapters, Exodus 31, and then again Exodus 38. And I did a series of sermons a few years ago on um, the lesser known people in the scriptures. And it was born out of, I was reading through the Bible that year, and I was in Exodus, and this name popped up in a, in a couple of chapters, and I'd never heard the name before. And you're probably... You may have never heard a sermon or a Bible study or a talk or anything on this person. Maybe you have. If you have, consider yourself blessed because he is kind of buried in there. And unless you're looking for his name, you're not going to see it. And in this small window between Exodus 31 and Exodus 38, there's this little known man named Bezalel. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Because that's the way I pronounced it for years. Bezalel. And looking at the number of verses in the Bible, as compared to the number of verses in which he is talked about, he is one of the lesser known people in the scriptures. He's living in relative obscurity. Unless you're looking for him, you're probably not going to find him. He's in some of those readover chapters in Exodus that are talking about the uh, how the tabernacle is supposed to be set up and the, the way that the, the utensils are supposed to be made. And, and sometimes we just gloss through those chapters. But as, as I told a friend this week, don't, don't gloss over the genealogies in the scriptures. Because... As you're fast forwarding through history and you're this person begat this person, this person begat this person, the writer will stop and say, and this person begat this person, and this is what they did. Because they want you to stop and listen. They want you to stop and read. They want you to stop and understand that this person made a difference. And it's the same here. He's only mentioned a couple of times. And some passages that, that we kind of skim through because let's just, you know, face it, it's it's talking about building the tabernacle and, and making utensils and, and things like that. And, and, and sometimes we just want to gloss over that to get to the, the better things or what we think are the better things in the scriptures. And we come upon this guy named Bezalel. And I want to read to you, and I want to show you three things about his life that have really, really stuck out with me. Exodus chapter 31 and verse, uh, verse 1, and it says, The Lord spoke to Moses. Now, this is the Lord talking, speaking, speaking to Moses. This is right before he gives him um, 
he gives them instructions and uh, on how to make the tabernacle and all these other things and, and the law and, and the, the Ten Commandments and all of these things. And he's going to give them some more instructions coming up. But he says here, the Lord spoke to Moses in verse, and in verse 2 he says, Look, I have appointed by name Bethel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Now look at what he said. Notice, don't miss this, because it's important. He said, look, I have appointed by name. Bethel was chosen by name, by God, to do these things. This relatively unknown person in the scriptures, God looked down and said, I'm going to pluck you out of obscurity, and I'm going to give you a purpose in life. And isn't that what he does with all of us? We have a purpose in life. And I know you're thinking, Joel, you don't understand my job. You don't understand what I do every day. I go and I do the same thing day after day after day after day. And nobody notices. Friend, God notices. And he's placed you there for a reason. God has chosen you by name. And he has placed you where you are for a reason and for a purpose. You may think you're living in relative obscurity. You may think that nobody sees. You may think that nobody cares. But God does. Because he put you there. For a reason and for a purpose. Sometimes we don't understand what the reason is. Sometimes we go through seasons of life where we, where we say, God, why am I here? And 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you're going to get a phone call or a letter or an email or a text message and say, hey, you remember that thing you said when we were at work that day? You have no idea what, diff what a difference that made in my life. Don't be afraid of living in obscurity. Don't be afraid of living in relative, uh, being a relative unknown. Don't be afraid of that. Because if you're living, if you're allowing God to guide your choices, you can never be in the wrong place. Let me say that again. If the Lord is guiding your choices, you can never be in the wrong place. Even in obscurity even in seemingly unimportance, even in something that seems like it's a dead-end job or a, a nowhere town or this, that, or the other thing, it doesn't matter. If the Lord is guiding your choices, you are never in the wrong place because you are chosen by God to be there. He goes on in verse 2. He says, I have filled him with, the, with God's Spirit, with wisdom, understanding and ability in every craft to design artistic works in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut gemstones for mounting and to carve wood for work in every craft. God gave him all of these skills. He empowered him with skills. He empowered him with things that, that there were other people that could do those things. And see, when God leads us to a particular place, he leads us there for a purpose because he's given us skills. He's given us empowerment to do certain things that, that somebody's going to need to hear. 
and somebody's going to need to see, and somebody's going to need to, um, they're going to, to need something that you have that God has given you. Never discount where you are. If God is guiding your choices, if the Lord is guiding your choices, he will give you the skills needed to do what he needs you to do in that place. And then he goes on a little further. And we're going to jump down to Exodus 38. Exodus 38. And this is kind of the end of the passage. The end of... um, of what Bezalel did. And in the meantime, he's done all of these things. He, he made the, the Ark of the Covenant. He made all the, 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 um, the tapestries for the tabernacle. He made all the utensils for the tabernacle. He, he oversaw all of these things that were done that were, that were important. Who would have known that just a little chalice or a cup was going to be important in the Lord's work, but it is. And in chapter 38 and verse 22, It says, Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, made everything that the Lord commanded Moses. See, he was appointed by God. He was chosen by God, empowered with skills, and he gave his best. Even in relative obscurity, even when it seemed no one else could see, even when It seemed like most of history was going to to bypass him. He still gave his best. Bethlehem, son of Uri, son of Hur, son of the tribe of Judah, made everything that the Lord commanded Moses. He made all. And he did his best. You see, that's kind of where we live in our lives. Again, I'll say this, if we're allowing the Lord to guide our choices, we can never be in the wrong place. If we're allowing the Lord to guide our choices, he will give us the skills necessary to do what he wants us to do in the place where he has us. And if the Lord is guiding our choices and he's doing all of these things for us, what we should do in return is to give our best, no matter where we are. No matter what we're doing, no matter what job title we have, no matter no matter if it seems that nobody else is going to know what we do, God sees. And he rewards those who give their best in the places where he's put them. I've worked in some places in relative obscurity. I've worked some jobs that, that I did things that nobody else knew about. And that may be where you are right now. You're thinking, Joel, you don't understand what my job is or or what I do. And and nobody else sees and nobody gives me any thanks. Nobody gives me any recognition. It's like they just skip over me. (laughs) Don't worry. You're in good company. Because for years I skipped over Bethlehem. Never saw his name until that one fateful day when I was reading through the scriptures, just asking the Lord to enlighten me. And he showed me his name. I said, that's it. (laughs) We never live in obscurity 
when the Lord guides our choices. We never live in obscurity when the Lord guides our choices. And I don't know where you are. You know, you may be on the brink of something great, or you may live in obscurity for 80 years like my dad. Or like people would think my dad did. But you know what? If the Lord is guiding your choices, you can never be in the wrong place. If the Lord is guiding our choices, we never live in obscurity. Because we don't do it for anybody else. We do it for Him. We find importance in obscurity when we realize that we're working and that we're worshiping and we're doing all of these things for an audience of one. Knowing the one who sees all, sees our motive, sees us doing our best. And one day, one day, he will reward us. Thank you again for joining me on the Mercy Came Running podcast. It's my hope that it continues to be a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you enjoy what you hear each week, share it out to your friends and family who could also benefit from hearing an encouraging word. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.